the Sports Talk with Devin Wade recap. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. What we think so far. Lakers, were they oversold? Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade briefcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Briefcast 24 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. When I come to you guys solo without the special teams unit, but hey, don't fret. We have some full-fledged episodes coming up very soon, and if you hadn't had a chance to check one out with the special teams unit, to hear all the bells and whistles, please go back and uh, do so so you'll know what we do uh, normally. And I say normally, but it's been a long time since I've done a full-fledged episode, but I've talked to the fellas, and uh, we'll logistically we'll work some things out so you have that to look forward to. But in the meantime, you can reach out to me on Twitter, at Wade's Word, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D. And, of course, you can find me on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group. The website is coming. It's there. I won't tell you the site. It's already up, but I, it's just not done well. And I have I took this on as a personal undertaking, which was a mistake, which was a big, big mistake. Also, I have some gear coming up for you guys as well. Going to try to do some remotes. I'm going to do a women's only show other than myself. So, I mean, I'll be there. Other than that, uh, we're going to do some stuff like that. Again, with some live remotes. I may have a line for you guys to call in. So, if you want to make comments, you certainly can. We already post some poll questions from time to time on the group page on Facebook. I have one this week. And we'll talk about that in the We the People segment. So, that's coming up. And uh, also this episode, going to talk a little bit of the uh, Houston Rockets. I'm uh, going to get into some brand new, what's brand new with me. Also going to talk a little bit about the Golden State Warriors who are waiting their foe in the NBA Finals and the Eastern Conference Finals. We'll get a little bit into that, but not so much. I want to concentrate on Steph Curry and Golden State and uh, get into some free agency talk and all of the drama around Los Angeles Lakers and some of the other things that are going on. On. And uh, we have a big dummy to get into and going to talk a little bit about some, maybe some golf stuff. Want to get into some Brooks Kepka and want to talk Ezekiel Elliott as well. But first and foremost, let's start with what's brand new. Brand new, brand new, brand new. What's brand new with me is that summer is upon us and uh, Memorial Day is coming up a few days away. And I mean, it's already hot in Houston, so we, we're geared up in, in that department. We, and, you know, Game of Thrones, they talk about uh, winter is coming. Well, summer is coming. Well, it's essentially here and we're just waiting for those triple digits to kick in. And of course, we automatically start to keep an eye on the Gulf to see if uh, any hurricanes are coming our way. I think this is an El Nino year. Year, so I think we'll be okay. But again, I'm not a, uh, a meteorologist. I just play one on a podcast. But Game of Thrones finished up. And like everybody else, a little bit disappointed with how it played out. Because I was generally disappointed with this entire season. I'm surprised that Bran was the guy that uh, that got the, well, he, I guess the, there's no more Iron Throne. If you, I mean, And again, I don't, spoiler alert, I mean, if you hadn't seen it by now, you really don't care that much. So... I get it. I mean, because if you were really down for the cause, like the 15 million other people who watched it, uh, you would have seen it by now. But, yeah, disappointed by that. I could, It could have been – I mean, I, Jon Snow was the, uh, the obvious choice. I would have went with Tyrion. That's, that's how I would have went. And uh, I, I thought – 
that would have sort of been like, okay, started with the Lannisters, it ends with the Lannisters. And the storyline kind of started with the Starks and ended with the Starks. Uh, and I guess they're going to do a spinoff. I am not telling you not, not investing in that. Do whatever you want to do with that. Again, I really kind of should have left after the Red Wedding. Um, but that was many, many seasons ago. But that's, I mean, I think it was unique in that you kill the stars of the show right off the bat. And, and still found a way to, uh, with a great ensemble cast, to, to make it happen and, and to keep people watching. So, I mean, hey, it is what it is. Aaron Rodgers got in. He, I mean, they went deep. I, and I'm sure there'll be, you know, chat rooms and discussion groups and maybe even some uh, college courses dedicated to the real meaning of Game of Thrones and how it relates to, to whatever, whatever. But, uh, those things are coming. I'm done with it. I gave it as much time as I as I could, and and they let me down. Sort of rushed through season eight. Not a lot of climaxes on on cue. Things happen out of. I mean, is that the way Cersei really ended? Really, no drama, just, just like that. I mean, no, man. You know, and then even the build up um, before Daenerys got killed. I mean, come on, man. Give me a little bit. I mean, you rushed through it. You could have did a whole nother season. You could have extended this thing and had a whole nother season. But whatever. It, 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 I just can't believe it. The way the timing was all the way off, it really was like they were rushing through this uh, this last season. But they made their money and and they got me. So also like, on television, the, they did a a live reboot, sort of, a, of what I thought was like a parody of uh, the Jeffersons and All in the Family last night. Which both of those shows were groundbreaking, and both of those shows, neither of those shows, you can make today. Even if you did it on cable, you couldn't you couldn't do it because uh, you know people just uh, the complaints, social media. It just, it wouldn't work. I, I just, we're just not there yet. We're just too, too, too sensitive. And, and that wouldn't work. But all I will say about this, and I tried to watch it and I did not enjoy it. And I didn't watch it like intently. It was on, I was doing other things. It was on the background. I just wanted to see Jamie Foxx do uh, George Jefferson. And again, when you talk about Carol O'Connor and Sherman Hemsley, I mean, Sherman Hemsley, George Jefferson was, I think one of the, two or three best comedic actors on television. I mean, you got to put uh, Don Knotts up there, not for Three's Company. That was trash. Uh, um, Mr. Furley was, that was, you know, no, no. He was on fumes when that happened. It's all about Barney Fife. Because you, you, you those guys, you, they were just great comedic actors. They were not, they were not stickish, even though, I mean, George Layton, and that that show's run wasn't yeah it wasn't wasn't good you know he became sort of a cliche and a caricature kind of Barney Fife a little bit as well but those two at the height I'm telling you man you at Lucille Ball and other I mean these are tremendous actors let alone the just the comedic aspect of it and so that happened last night and the only redeeming thing about it was Marla Gibbs 87 year old Marla Gibbs and anything that gives. Uh, like uh, a veteran older person, an opportunity to get their roses while they're still here. I think she's the only living person. One of the Lionels, one of, well, let's see, Jenny's still living. And maybe one of the Lionels, I think one of the Lionels is living. Maybe both of the Lionels are gone. I don't know. But one of the Lionels for sure is gone. And I think Jenny, and that's it. That's, that's all that's left that Marley Gibbs. So, uh, yeah. So that was that was rewarding. That I don't, I don't care about the Jennifer Hudson stuff. And 
I, you know, I, we could talk about casting, but it, I'm not going to invest in that. So, uh, but yeah, it was good to see Marla Gibbs get her love. 87 years old. Hey, yes, that's good for her. The other thing is I uh, watched the LeBron produced special on Muhammad Ali. Pretty good. Pretty good. What's what's my name? I think it was the name of it. And two parts, and I watched it all in one night. Really, really good. But it also stoked my my love for Joe Frazier. And so I went back on Amazon and I read his autobiography years ago. It's not long. It's not. I mean, it just gives you some insight. And what I think what I like the most about it is that you give get a whole entirely different view of Muhammad Ali from him. And you can see his bitterness dripping from the book uh, about how Ali treated him. And, and, you know, for me, that was the first I had known that Ali was just not this godlike figure that he really sort of uh, fell short in certain areas. And he was, after all, human. So I don't I mean, you got to put a whole man, a man's whole life in perspective. I mean, Ali still Ali and I mean the greatest as far as transcending his sport. I mean, and just what he did for the world, man. I love Ali, but that was a dark time for him. And what he did to, to Frazier was was not cool. So I went on Amazon and got the hard copy. When got the hard copy? I, you don't get the the I don't the digital. I don't know if you can even get it on digital. But but I like the book itself, and so I bought the book itself. And so that's part of my summer reading. If you have a suggestion on uh, what I should read over the summer, please send it to a good sports book. Uh, any good autobiographies of historic figures? Any any sports books that you would recommend? Summer reading. I, I, my goal is to read a number of books. I don't know, maybe five. I'll be lucky to get through two, I just, uh, but I'll try. I'll try. I'm going to try to like find a way to go on some kind of vacation and sit there and read. I, I don't know how that'll work, but we'll see. I, I really want to. That's what I want to do this summer. I want to read books. So, but, so I'll start with something I've read already and it'll remind me of, uh, of why I liked the book the first time and, it was him telling his story. So I just think it's a tragedy the way he was uh, treated while he was live and, and really not able to enjoy the fruits of his labor the way Ali was. It was such a contrast. And I, I go back and say, go watch HBO's Thriller in Manila, that documentary. It's, I mean, it is a special, special thing. It brings you into the moment. The, I mean, it, it creates that energy that was there when those two met for the thrill in Manila and it talked about their first fight. But I'll tell you what, I, I'm going to read that and I'm sure I'll talk about that at some point. But let's get into some sports stuff. Of course, in Houston, the Athletic reported that there was some beef between Harden and Chris Paul towards the end of the season. We've been dealing with this whole entire question of, is Houston a good sports town? Are we just settling for... Uh, second best are we settling for just regular season success and we don't really put the pressure on these organizations well it looks like dan tony is going to get a contract extension and it looks like i mean that's still early so a lot of things can happen but i mean i don't know what they can do with these guys locked up in the contracts for the next three or four years unless they make a, a humongous move that can just break this thing wide open i don't know i don't know I don't know. We talked about that Saturday and I, it goes back to me. The more I think about it and the more I talk about it, it's about Houston media. Now, even with the story between Harden and Chris Paul, it wasn't a local guy that broke that. 
this came from the athletic and so sports in houston sports coverage in houston is just not not good right now and the, the sports talk shows aren't good and i have one and but i'm not mine is weekly not daily i i wish i had a chance to go uh daily i would really do some things and, and maybe i'll do some daily podcasts because again the big stations big all sports stations are they have these relationships and they want access because what the te- texans do more than the others what they do is they try to control the message. They produce so many things in-house. And then you have those relationships with the radio stations where they just carry the water for those teams. And it's not very interesting. And it just doesn't feel like a place where uh, a lot of energy can be invested for folks who really want to vent. And I think Houston folks are like this. Either we, we are really rolling with you or hey, we'll find something else to get into. We'll just we'll leave you alone until you prove that uh, you're worthy of watching again. And I think even with the bandwagon of the Rockets, I really think that people were late to get on board. And I, and I think even coming into this season, they knew. I don't. I mean, maybe increasingly towards the end of the season, people thought that they could win against Golden State. I never thought so. And I didn't, I didn't want to be that guy because I I have been for the Texans. I will say this. I don't have any loyalty to that team. I don't like how they approach things. I don't like who's over the media right now, who's handling media relations right now. I don't I just don't like I mean, they want Stepford media <laughs> instead of Stepford wives. They want Stepford uh, media. And, and it's just not a it's not a good thing. And it's not uh, it's not good for. It's not good for this market, and I think that that is at a lot of energy. I don't want to sit here and talk about a team that has no personality, that is, you know, they'll be okay. They won't be bad enough to hate, and they won't be good enough to win the Super Bowl. They'll just be, yeah, well, hey, they made the playoffs and lost at home uh, to the Indianapolis Colts. It just, they just, they're not compelling, and it's just nothing there to to invest in. I, I mean, yeah, you can love J.J. Watt. And you could like Deshaun Watson, but Deshaun Watson is not. I mean, these guys, they go in and they're not going to say anything controversial. They're going to do it by the book. When a guy does something interesting, like Ryan Griffin, the tight end, goes to Nashville and punches a hole, uh, he punches a, a window out of a bar or something, well, he gets cut. So we can't even talk about that. I mean, that's interesting. <laughs> they're boring. They're boring. And they're, I mean, unlike the, they're the anti NBA. And there's nothing there. And I like the good guys. I like what they do to, for the community. But this, yeah, it's just not. It's not compelling. We we're gonna talk some Dallas Cowboys here. Uh, but they at least they're compelling. There's nothing here that's interesting, and it's hard to emotionally invest with the Oilers. And again, I'm old enough. I lived through it. At least there was there was something going on. You just we had characters. We had you know bad guys and good guys we had guys that would fight each other and i mean it, it was i'm telling you that what 92 93 when buddy ryan was here i mean it was those were great years you would have fights in the locker room and guys uh, feared that other guys were gonna pull guns on them and then you had tragedy with jeff ohm and even before that you had earl campbell and snake you had uh, uh ken stable and dan pastorini these guys were partiers not earl as much boy earl earl i, I mean I, 
I won't get into that. But I mean, you had guys that were party, and the Oilers would would you know be all over town with shenanigans. But at least they were interesting. You they were your guys, and these guys are just they're not our guys. I don't even get a sense that I mean, Chris Paul is not our guy. James Harden is not our guy. We love the Rockets with Drexler, Rudy T, you know, Elijah Warren, Mario Ellie became our guy. You know, he was one of us, and we don't have that now with these guys. So you don't have the emotional attachment. So are we – maybe this is just a bad time in Houston sports despite the wins. I think it's easy to like the Astros, but again, the Astros don't cross over uh, to the other side of the tracks enough. I mean, like when I was younger, when I was a kid, I mean, baseball was huge everywhere. It was huge in the hood, and it was huge in River Oaks. Now, kids in the hood don't watch baseball. And then I don't get a lot of baseball calls. I probably could do a better job of stimulating the conversation. But it's a marathon. You got to follow it every day. I don't know that a lot of people are going to invest every single day in kind of keeping up with with baseball and you know i love the astros and i try to encourage people to get into the astros more but there's some history there that a lot of folks like kevin allen he doesn't he doesn't forgive certain things that have happened in the past and and i try to tell him no it's a new day but i'm telling him you know so there's a little bit of baggage there but you just don't get a sense that everybody's hyped about it now maybe i could be off about that but i just don't get a sense that that baseball just doesn't it doesn't have that swag like it used to like I said, when I go back and talk about Omar Moreno or uh, uh, Kenta Kobe, who he had no swag, but he was just my guy. But you had Dave Parker. You had King Griffey Sr. You had Andre Dawson a little bit later on. You had Ozzie Smith. You had some guys, man. You think about every team, man, you had some guys with a little bit of swag and made things interesting. We had Jose Cruz and Cesar Sedano. I mean, just everywhere you look, David Lopes and – I mean, you just had it was just some good teams and some exciting guys and Bill Matlock. I mean, just all these names from the from the past. Everybody watched baseball. Everybody was into baseball, and it just you know now it just doesn't. It feels so segmented, and I know that's kind of where we are now. And you know, it used to be we had four channels. Everybody in the family watched the family television, and so you got a chance, or you had to watch what other people wanted to watch. Not so much. You have you know these kids go off and. They don't even know what's going on with sports. And then you have people who they'll go binge watch something and they'll miss, you know, the baseball games or whatever. So times are changing. But I just think maybe this is a bad time in Houston sports despite the winning because you have three playoff teams right now. I don't know that we – I can't remember the last time we've had three playoff teams. All three teams were good at once. And you had a Dynamo. And, uh, I mean, they're not – in the playoffs, but again, you know, they won some cup last year. So good for them. Uh, shout out to DeMarcus Beasley, by the way, who's going to retire at the end of the season. I know, him from, I know him more from the national team, but he plays here for the dynamo. Maybe we try to try to maybe have a conversation with him on KTSU uh, sports talk, but yeah, he's going to retire. He spent most of his professional career. The longest stint he spent his professional career was with the Houston Dynamo, but he's going to hang it up. So, anyway, that's a Houston thing, and uh, that's that. want to talk a little bit about Ezekiel Elliott, Dallas Cowboy running back. Wanted to make him uh, the Lamont Award recipient, but uh, it, it's a little bit more sinister than that. And I'm telling you, man, I don't know what's going to happen with this guy. I saw the video. 
Well, essentially, he was at this music festival, and he clearly was under under the influence of something. Was not a good look. He kept impeding uh, the movement of a young lady who was trying to walk away from him, and he didn't put his hands on him, but he kind of he 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 kind of bodied her a little bit, and he kind of you know he got in her way clearly. Then he sort of almost jumped on the security guard and gave him a little little wing, hit him, uh, just kind of pushed him around, bullied him a little bit. Cops came and the little, young, uh, little, I mean, the little thin security guy didn't want any trouble. And he said, no, nah, it's okay. And they let him go. But this guy, man, you know, it's beyond being a big dummy. But you mean, you, you've had just a little situation where you pulled the girl's top down and you've had allegations and, and normally I'm, you know, I don't get too deep into these sorts of things, but I'm telling you what, man, this guy has, he has not learned and I don't know what you can do, but he, he could get suspended. The league wouldn't be out, totally out of bounds with, with maybe sitting him down for a game. I don't, I don't know that they will, but it's just not a good look, man. You're Ezekiel Elliott. You have this hair that stands out from a half a mile away. You, everybody knows you. If the person, one person doesn't know you, somebody in the crowd has told everybody else who you are. You're having trouble with with a woman. Those things happen, but you cannot, you can't do it, bro. You're going to cost yourself millions and millions of dollars if you don't watch out. And you're trying to throw your weight around. It's hard, man. You, you, these guys just generation after generation just don't seem to learn from the lessons of the past. Just not a good look for him. I mean, I know Dak wants a, a lot of money. His contract is coming up, and they're gonna have to deal with that and make some decisions. But Ezekiel Elliott, man, you you are playing with you playing with fire, man. And if your production is Ash Ray Rice. Had he rushed for two thousand yards, he would he still be in the NFL, or he you know he would have played as long as he would have wanted to. But at that time, his production fell off, and that was a perfect time to get rid of him. It was heinous what he did. Don't get me wrong; he deserved uh, to be punished for it. I, I wouldn't have called for a lifetime ban. I never, I rarely would call for a lifetime ban, but I, I'm sure that there's scenarios in which I would. But it was because his production was so bad. It was so easy to make him expendable and no other team gave him a look, not even a sniff. He never put on another pair of shoulder pads. And I'm telling you now, Zeke, it seems like he can't have him. He's a premier running back in this league. If not the best running back in this league, he's a tremendous player, but you keep doing stupid stuff like this and let your yards per carry coat go down a little bit. You become expendable a lot sooner rather than later. But beyond that, man, you want to be a good citizen, bro. You got it. You got it. You got it all, man. I don't know. You you have it all. What 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 else do you want? What what do you want? You you have money and security, financial security if you're smart. You got women, I'm sure. You can go wherever and do whatever. Why, bro? You, you got to learn. And again, it's not my problem. I'm not a Dallas Cowboy fan, but you hate to see these young men put themselves in situations. It's just a bad look. And if you've seen the video on TMZ, and, and I'm not I'm not exaggerating. I don't think, I'm not calling for a suspension, but I get it, given his past, if, if that happens. I don't know what the league is going to do. It seems like they're toning it down a little bit, and they're not going as hard at these guys. I mean, maybe that's because if you go hard on them, you got to go hard on Robert Kraft. 
And I don't think anything's going to happen with that. Really, I wanted to get a Lamont Award uh, to the judge that suppressed the video. Now, again, I don't want to see the Robert Kraft video, but I wanted to be out <laughs> because the way they hold these players and the way they dog these players out, I want to make sure that he gets some too, you know, that you guys are not immune to it. Uh, but it looks like uh, that's exactly what's going to happen uh, with Robert Kraft. We'll never see the video. He'll never get in trouble. The league will never suspend him and the band played on. But Ezekiel Elliott, please, man, get your life man just be a good just, i'm not saying be an angel but learn how to move man where's your uncle who's gonna sit you down and tell you how to move around there's ways to do anything that you want to do yeah just not a good look for him want to get into uh the golden state warriors of course back in the nba finals and i want to do a we the people segment On the week, the people segment, I wanted to ask folks their opinion of Steph Curry. Is he underrated or overrated? And I mean, a lot of this changed in the middle of the Rocket series for me. I went from overrated to underrated when Durant went out. What he did against the Rockets after not scoring any points in game six in the first half and coming back and exploding in the second half and what he's done since. What, 36, 37, 35, 33? What, he just, he's doing work in sweeping uh, the Portland Trailblazers. And since Kevin Durant has gone out, he's just done, he's done remarkable work. He's been amazing. He's just that dude. It's just that you can't, when you think about true like leaders like that dude you think of a jordan where you can just, you had a ball you can do whatever you want to do with it and make it happen you either think of that kind of guy the jordan kind of guy the harden kind of guy the kobe kind of guy or the the old school big men you just dump it down and they got it and they could just take over a game he takes over a game but not in the same way and what he does without the basketball it's pure it's it's ballet it's beautiful it 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 was the thing that I loved about Reggie Miller, but he does this all the time. He moves so much without the basketball. He works so hard to get his shot. It's amazing. It's a beautiful thing. And I don't know if we are valuing him enough or not enough. So I asked the people on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page, is Steph overrated or underrated? Well, 78% said that he was underrated, that he's that dude. And, of course, 22% said uh, that he was overrated. And I don't know, like I said, I, he's not traditional in that. I don't know that he can, if he wasn't on this team, could he night in and night out? I mean, this is a quite an ensemble in Golden State. And really, Draymond Green has been amazing. Kevon Looney has been amazing. It's just been great to watch this team. And I like this team so much better without Kevin Durant. That brings me to, I guess, part one of NBA drama. Now, when you think about Kevin Durant not coming back, I don't know that he will come back until maybe a few games into the NBA Finals. If he comes back at all, he was not there in Portland. Is that a big deal? What does that say? What does that say about him not being in Portland? It wasn't like a, it wasn't a cross country flight. You, you, you know, you just up the coast. I mean, I don't know how long the flight is, but it's not San Francisco to New York. It's not that. You're going right up to Portland, and he wasn't there. And really, DeMarcus Cousin was there. What does that say? 
And I know that the players are saying all the right things. But if you're Golden State, do you want him to be there? I know that they would like to keep him, but I think it seems like a foregone conclusion that he's gone. Do you? I mean, Kevin, do you? Should you be there? And now he's gotten into this whole beef with Chris Broussard. You know, that's a tempest in the teapot. He's so petty. I, you know, I, I would think if you had to deal with with Kevin Durant every day, I think you would be saying this phrase to yourself a whole lot. What now? Like, what, Kevin? What? You know, why are you arguing with a media guy? Why are you commenting on stuff online? Why are you? In, why? What? What's wrong, Durant? You are widely recognized as one of the two or three best players in the entire NBA. You you can name your location. You've picked your own destiny. You've gotten your MVPs. You've gotten your NBA finals. What? What is wrong with you? Why are you so petty? Why are you worried about everybody? He, I mean, I'm telling you, he is so in his feelings. It's unbelievable. And you going back and forth. I, I, he doesn't even have my phone number. Why, Kevin? Kevin, why? Why are you worrying about these sorts of things? And I guess maybe that's the theme of this entire uh, part briefcast. Why? Why are you worried about this stuff? Why are you going back and forth? I mean, look, you're never going to be loved. But you're never going to be loved because of how you moved. If you wanted to be loved, you should have stayed in Oklahoma City and you and Westbrook found find a way to win it all. If you would have found a way to win it all with Westbrook, you would have been more loved than you could ever imagine. But no, you wanted to go chase a, uh, a ring with a 73-9 and nine team. And could they have done it without you? Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, people say, oh, clearly they couldn't have won without Kevin Durant. Well, if they win this time, what? Oh, well, LeBron, when, what, is, really? Is that what you're going to say? LeBron didn't even make the playoffs. So what are you going to say? So, uh, you know, he'll never get the adulation. They said, well, if he goes to New York, Kevin Allen, Silver Fox says, if he goes to New York and wins the championship there, he's not going to do it. It's not going to happen. Write it down. Put it on. Date it. I'm telling you, it'll never happen in New York. He's not going to L.A. I don't know what he's going to do, and I really kind of don't care. And if Golden State plays this beautiful brand of basketball, maybe resigns Cousins, uh, locks in Clay Thompson. Hey, we're good. We're good. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and again, that's not my team per se, but I love to watch how they move and, and what they do and how they play. It's a beautiful thing. And I think clearly they will win the NBA Finals, whether it's Milwaukee or Toronto, which hey, Drake is doing his thing. But I don't think, you know, these teams clearly, you thought for a moment, man, Milwaukee, man, they they appear to be invincible. This is the team. I don't know. Maybe this young team is, they, they don't know what they don't know, and they're going to go in and win it all. And then they lose two straight to Toronto, and now they're fighting for their uh, for this series, and it may go six, or it's going to go six, maybe seven games. Uh, we'll have to see what happens, but I'll tell you what, uh, it's not as intriguing as uh, what's going on elsewhere around the league, and that brings me to... The L.A. Lakers. Man, Magic Johnson just took a grenade and threw a grenade right into the Lakers organization and blew that whole thing up. It leaves you to ask a bunch of questions. Did Rob Palenka really backstab Magic Johnson? Did Magic Johnson backstab Jeannie Bust? Did Kirk Rambis and his wife backstab everybody? 
And did LeBron James backstab everybody by just coming to LA to make movies and make, create a production company and not really care about winning the NBA final? I mean, that thing is an entire mess. And they went from uh, looking like, okay, yeah, this thing is going to happen. It's going to happen. Just like it happened in Miami when Pat Riley said, hey, we're going to make it happen. They made it happen. Dwayne Wade uh, convinced Chris Bosh and, and LeBron James to come to Miami. I, you thought, okay, Magic is going to get it done. Magic got LeBron. He said he's going to get it. Then the Lakers came to life. They got Lonzo Ball. They have all those young that young talent. And now they're going to get some big-name free agents. This thing is going to happen. Now they look more clipperish than not. So uh, I don't know. We'll we'll follow that story, but it's that that is a, a dumpster fire. That is not good. What's going on in LA is not good at all, and it's fun to watch because the Lakers were a team. I don't. Many many years ago, there was roller derby on television, and there was this one team, and the team was from LA, and I forget their names, and it was the syndicated show. And no matter what happened, these ladies, these rollerbladers, would come back and win the match. And you just hated them for it. I mean, it's like the road runner. I hated the road runner. I hated uh, Jerry. I, I always rooted for the cat. I always rooted for Wiley Coyote. I hated them, and I hated the L.A. Lakers. And so it's fun. I can relish in this because I've been uh, I've been hating the Lakers for a long, long time. So uh, this is fun to watch. So with that, going to take a time out. Halfway, well, more than halfway. We're almost done. Not too much more to go. But we're going to take a time out. Hear a word from our sponsor. I want to remind you guys, if you're a fledgling artist, uh, music, musician, rapper, uh, DJ, send me your music, and we'll play a part of it in the halfway point. And at the very end of the show, we'll play the entire track. As long as it's radio friendly, we'll show you some love, get you uh, a wider audience, and uh, let po- folks hear your music. Gonna take time out, come back with more. It's Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple. And it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832 757 7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. Yeah. 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 Um, so cold with it, the potency of the beat is consistent with the fact that most did it. Prolific, not shaking, not stirred. In the presence of those incidents, herbs, they only after your bread. You think they like your haircut, fair enough. Live your life, partner. Guess I could keep them two cents in my pocket. Add that to these underground rap dollars. Refuse the majors and stay real. I kept my promise. Roll bamboos in the Bahamas. Mama. Welcome back to Recast with 24 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Want to uh, again remind you guys hit me up on Twitter 
at Wade's Word. And uh, the, I also want to remind you guys, KTSURadio.com. Also can catch the, the podcast there as well. So a great opportunity. And if you want to listen to the, me along with the fellas, the legend Ralph Cooper and the Silver Fox Kevin Allen, check us out Saturday mornings, 8.30 a.m. Central Daylight Time on KTSU 90.9 Houston. That's on TuneIn. Or you can go to KTSURadio.com and listen live. So uh, either of those ways, you can do that. want to talk a little golf here since I've been picking them up and looking at golf courses and and sort of getting tips and I mean, all those good things. The PGA Championship happened this week. Brooks Kepka, uh, he held on. Uh, I mean, more than held on, but he sort of, uh, what, was four over for the weekend, I think. And But held on to the PGA Championship, which was moved up. It used to be at the end, which I wish it was again, but they want to be more relevant, so they moved themselves here. It used to be, it used to go, as I recall, it would go Masters... U.S. Open, British Open, and then the PGA Championship. I think that's right. I think that that's right. But nonetheless, uh, he won, and he's won four out of the last eight. And just all the talk was about Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka. He's the next. Well, they won't even say Tiger's name, but he's the guy. He's the heir apparent. He's the he's the one. He's the he, he is the the prototype for the perfect golfer right now. He's everything. And I'm like, wait a minute. He didn't even win the last major. Now he may very well be everything that they talk about. But I understand that they have to sell this product. And while they, while Tigers brought some eyeballs back to the game of golf, they're trying to give you somebody else to latch on to. And they're trying to give you an heir apparent. They're trying to give you the LeBron James to Michael Jordan or, or the, the LeBron James to Kobe Bryant. They're trying to give you that next guy because they're trying to keep their audience. So they're building this guy up. Not to say that he's not the truth. He's nice. He's intense. He's he's buff. I mean, on TV in the golf shirt. I mean, but the, you know, he, he he's the guy. And then you think about it. Well, wait a minute. There've been a lot of these guys. There've been heir apparents or, or competitors for Tiger. Tiger's clearly past his prime. So it, you are looking for an heir apparent, but Tiger maybe not done. Now he, I mean, he choked. Not choked. He just didn't play well. Beth Page. He didn't have a chance. So he was never in it. Never played of the weekend. He was he was done, and, and that's fine. And, and I've said me, if he doesn't go on to win any other majors, I'm fine with it because he came back from adversity and he showed people that he could do it, and he did it again. Even when he wasn't sure that he could do it, even when he was doubting himself, and it just looked like it was over, he came back and gave you that Cinderella ending. So if he didn't win, if he doesn't win another catch Jack. Doesn't mean anything to me because he's still the best ever to do it. He just he's the best ever to do it. And I mean, you can't convince me otherwise. But in this search for air parent, they have been they just oh, they are just falling all over. But let's remember, then they say that about Rory McElroy. Then they have then they go back, go, let's go back a ways. Let's go, it, I, it was Mickelson. Mickelson never measured up. Mickelson is is, is more popular in some circles and liked more by everybody. Although they say he's not, he, he's not what he appears to be is what I've heard. And, and but the people love him. I do like that. He's a lefty cause I'm a lefty, but I mean, so it was, it's supposed to be him. Those two sharing, you know, the state Well, tiger blew him out of the water. Then it was uh Duvall. There was Justin Leonard. There was uh, Sergio Garcia. Then the, the new bunch, Dustin Johnson and, 
and Rory McIlroy, and every every few years it was a guy that that was the guy. Jordan Spieth was the guy. He was gonna be the guy, and you know until they do it. And and Kepka has done more than they have, but he can fade tomorrow. I mean, you you just don't know. I get what they're trying to do, but I'm really not feeling that right now. I understand. I, I work at a jazz station, and they play jazz. They play a lot of jazz. They used to, from time to time, say, well, hey, we want to play some of the artists that are touring. We want to sort of generate buzz from guys who are here. Coltrane is not coming on tour. He's dead. Miles Davis is dead. That, that You know, those guys are not coming in concert. We need to play some guys that are alive, that are keeping the, the, the art form alive. So we had to pump those guys up. And, and, you know, this is years ago, but this is kind of, sort of, I get it. You're looking for somebody to keep. Look, when Tiger was out, people just went away. Golf courses started, and maybe they would have anyway, but golf courses around the country started closing. And it just, you know, the sport kind of withered away and, and to its, its base audience, which is small. You just don't have those large audiences. You don't have a diverse audience. And, and Tiger gave you all of that. He gave you the buzz. He gave you the eyeballs. I'm telling you, I'm still, I, I get it. I got a chance to see him bogey a couple holes on the back nine. That was because it was late in the afternoon on Sunday. I had a chance to check out a little bit of that. And I was hoping that Dustin Johnson would come back and get him. Dustin Johnson won the, the, the he's won the, uh, the, the runner up grand slam he's come up second in every major for a career but i any of them that i liked i don't know who, who, would I, who i guess it would be dustin johnson i don't know i don't i don't have a favorite outside of tiger so if tiger's not playing doesn't matter didn't play the weekend didn't miss a beat didn't care don't care and maybe you know maybe that's an indictment of me maybe i should care i keep up but i don't care but when tiger's playing i care I really care, and uh, I can't wait to see what he does. The U.S. Open, I think, is next, then the British. So, uh, yeah, I, maybe maybe he does it, maybe he doesn't. But if he's playing on the weekend and he's playing anywhere near the lead, I won't miss a shot. I, I don't know what to say about that, and I know a lot of people resent that and resent him for that. But, hey, what can you say? He's, he's that dude, even though maybe not a fan of his friends. Well, I'm definitely not a fan of his friends, his, his running buddies, but – you know what he represents you know and look that's earl's boy so i got a roof for earl had a vision he made it happen and it, it changed the game and the complexion of golf at least temporarily uh we'll have to see what happens moving forward with that it's time for a lamont award i don't want to wish you no bad luck but i hope your ship sinks with no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you you big dummy this time out, the recipient of the Lamont Award is a guy who did something that I appreciate, but I got to get him for it. Josh Hart went on a a podcast and he started to rip non NBA coaches. It, essentially, what he said was, "Look, you know, I'm not into the analytics. I don't want what is a 45 year old." who never played basketball going to tell me about basketball. He went on this rant in a very small way. I see your pain. I, I feel your pain. And, and let me say again, I'm glad that you went on the podcast and you are welcome to come on mine, but you may not want to after I finish giving you this award. You have a lot of 40 somethings and 50 somethings who never played in the NBA determining if you play 
where you play, how much you play, how much you get paid to play, and how much longer you will play. So you need to really, really pay attention to these 40, 50-somethings who never played because in a lot of ways, they control your destiny. There are probably several 40s and 50-somethings that never played the game of basketball that decided that they wanted to draft you. So were they wrong? Did, what can they tell us about you? Did they know what they were talking about? But let's take this back a bit. I get the point. You think that you can't teach a gladiator how to be a gladiator if you wasn't a gladiator. I get it. I understand that. But you know what, Josh? History has taught us that that's simply not true. And again, we're not talking about even being a gladiator. We're talking about basketball. Josh, your premise might hold up if we were talking about something like global warming. I wouldn't want a non-scientist telling me there was no such thing as global warming. <laughs> I wouldn't want, say, a, a talk show host. A syndicated talk show host, a conservative syndicated talk show host, or a senator, or God forbid, a president of the United States telling me that global warming isn't real. You need a scientist for that. You need an expert. You need somebody who knows what they're talking about. Can you imagine if we had a president saying that global warming was a hoax? I mean, really. But Josh, we're talking about a child's game played by grown men that can be taught by anybody <laughs> because while a 45 year old short guy who never played basketball doesn't know what it feels like to sink uh, the game-winning three-pointer in front of thousands in attendance and millions watching around the world he or she can draw up a double screen to free the player up to take that shot and you're said player but it seems like you didn't realize what you said when you said what you said and for that reason josh hart you are a big dummy. You big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Josh Hart, Frank Vogel is your coach. Never played in the NBA, and I don't think that's a prerequisite to being a great coach because guess what? Greg Popovich never played basketball. He never played pro basketball. I don't think Red Arbach played pro basketball. There, and there were a lot of bad uh, former NBA players as coaches, so I get it. But I'm glad you went on the podcast anyway, and you're welcome to come on this one. But this time out, you are a big dummy. With that, before I let go. Before I let go. Before I let go, hey, I want to thank you guys again. And remind you, you have some good stuff coming up this summer. I may have a phone line for you guys to call so you can leave your comments. I'm working on that. I work on a lot of things. I know you're hearing that. Well, it's like a it's a, a continual under construction sign that you are hearing instead of seeing. So this is a, uh, a another one of those under construction. We have it coming. We got you guys. But I want to thank you so much. want to thank folks from all around the country. want to thank those who post on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page, vote in the polls, and, of course, leave comments and tell friends and go to the water cooler and talk about some of the things you heard. And I want to hear back from you guys, and let's make that happen. On Twitter at Wade's Word on the Facebook at Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group. want to hear from you guys, and uh, I always appreciate it, and I always try to respond to you guys, even if uh, there's something you disagree with. No problem with me. I'm used to it. Uh, coming up Saturday morning, it's KTSU Sports Talk. You can join me for that with the legend Ralph Cooper and the Silver Fox Kevin Allen. Um, but again, until next time, as always, have a wonderful Memorial Day and have a great day.